0: Lincoln picked me up at the airport on my unofficial visit to Texas Tech. Uh, And we hit it off right there. And he told me how many yards I would throw for. And you would (laughs) have. Hello and welcome to Always College Football. Today's Friday, July 8th. I'm Greg McElroy. Along with me, as always, is Mark Kubiak. We appreciate you joining us wherever it is that you're consuming this podcast, whether it's on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, Or if you're watching on ESPN's YouTube channel, we really appreciate you. Please like, rate, and subscribe. Hit us up in the comments. Or you can email the show, alwayscollegefootball at gmail.com. Any interaction, any feedback would be very, very helpful for us as we navigate throughout this journey. We have a great game plan on tap for you today. We're going to talk about why all these changes to the college football landscape are not necessarily A bad thing. Plus, we're going to be joined by USC head coach Lincoln Riley. And in full transparency, we taped this interview before the news was announced that USC was going to leave the Pac-12 for the Big Ten. So we'll dive into what the Trojans might be like on the field this year. And then we'll wrap things up with our first visit to the mailbag. But first, let's talk about it. Look, a lot of people are talking about how insane college football has become the last couple of years. But do you realize that college football has been insane since the start of the BCS era, way back in the 90s. But really, in the last couple of years, we've seen changes when it comes to the NIL. We've seen freedom of transfer. We've seen the sport navigate its way through a global pandemic. However, I feel like the narrative surrounding the sport is that we never change. We never adapt. And I also feel like with every change, people seem to insist that this is the beginning of the end. Well, let me just look at it from this perspective. College football has experienced unprecedented growth in popularity since 1998. And if you look at what the sport once was, it was an extremely regional sport, and it's become just the tiniest bit more mainstream. I understand that 2020, 2021, and 2022 has certainly felt chaotic, for lack of a better word, but it's far from unprecedented. Chase has been a big part of the sport for the last 100 years. And it's been going on for the last 25 years with massive changes that haven't stopped the progress. How many programs do you think changed conferences in the BCS era from 1998 until 2013? Would it be 25, 30, 50? How about 78? That's right. 78 programs changed conferences in the BCS era. Not only did almost 80 teams change leagues, but 14 programs moved from the FCS to the FBS. Three new conferences were formed and three leagues shut down. So don't get me wrong. The last calendar year has been absolutely chaotic. It's been nuts. It's been wild. Let's look at the final year of the BCS. That was 2013. It went out with a bang. There were 17 programs that moved that year. ACC bumped its membership to 14 by adding Syracuse and Pitt from the Big East, and the Biggies morphed into the American Athletic Conference, welcomed UCF, Houston, Memphis, and SMU, all jumping from Conference USA, which managed to retool once again to survive another wave of poaching. Well, what's gone on the last week is crazy. It's not unprecedented, and I'd hesitate to start declaring the end is near in college football and that college football is dead. I would sum up the recent changes with one word. It's uncomfortable. You can't tell me that they're bad. You can't tell me that they're good. We simply don't know at this point. But what I do know is that the first time I went off a high dive, I was uncomfortable. The first time I drove a stick shift, I was uncomfortable. And the first time I swung a golf club in public, I was really uncomfortable. Now, at first, all those things felt really unnatural to me. But in time, they became very enjoyable. So I would just encourage everybody. Let's just sit back. Let's relax. Let's not make any prognostications and let's just see what happens. Now, without much further ado, let's visit with the head coach of the USC Trojans. He's Lincoln Riley. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details happy to be joined now by the head coach of the USC Trojans Lincoln Riley Lincoln it's still kind of strange for me uh to say head coach of the USC Trojans has it has it kind of sank in for you just yet or what
1: Uh, It has. It has. It was certainly different for me uh, in the beginning as well. But definitely uh, things, the dust is starting to settle. Uh, Things certainly starting to feel more normal and and at home.
0: It's funny because uh, I've known you longer than just about anybody else in the profession, I feel like. For those that are unaware, Lincoln picked me up at the airport on my unofficial visit to Texas Tech. Uh, and we hit it off right there, and he told me how many yards I would throw for. Uh, and I think knowing that offense, you coach, <laughs> I, think that, you <laughs> I think knowing that offense, uh, I think I think we would have potentially put some numbers up. But you at the time were, what, 20 years old or something along the lines of that. Now, 18 years later, you are the head coach at not just your first Blue Blood job, but your second Blue Blood job. And uh, I'm just curious, when it comes to the, the transition to USC – what is it that you've learned so far that maybe you just didn't know that much about prior to taking the gig?
1: Oh, there's a lot. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much, um, to these jobs. There's so many kind of intricate details that you're not you're not necessarily going to find out on a, on a first day or find out as somebody in the profession that, that, um, sees these other jobs. And, and, you know, there, there's some of the obvious parts that you see, um, of this job, the, Obviously, the benefits of being in one of the biggest markets in the world—you um, know, the great weather, the history, the great academics—all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think the, I think kind of how interconnected uh, the USC kind of Trojan family is, um, and the influence that it not only has in just just uh, Southern California, but but really kind of this, the entire West Coast. And, and I think you feel that. Uh, I think the other thing would just be how hungry everybody is here for this program to be back where it belongs and um, and how important that is to not only everyone at SC but I think just football on the west coast in general um, it's it's important that your historically you know great programs perform that way and so that's a cool responsibility it's a fun I don't know it's a it's a fun place to be right now there's there's a lot of energy a lot of excitement and uh, we've we've loved every minute so far
0: Well, I've been out there a a few times, coach, and it's because you and I, I when we're very close in age, you being 38, I'm 34. The team that I grew up idolizing was USC. I mean, because in my most formative years, it almost felt like they never lost. I mean, like the Reggie Bush era, the Leinert era, the Carson Palmer era, you name it. It's almost like when they lost, it was, you know, front page news. So as you've looked at what's happened in the last decade, two decades, since that level of dominance, things have changed drastically in the world of college football. Is USC, because of their newfound commitment, are they prepared to be competitive amongst the super elites in college football based on what you found out here in the last five, six months?
1: A hundred percent. And really there's been, what was intriguing about this was there's been zero hesitation to do so. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, it's a, it's a program I think that's very, very proud and it should be the is as good as it gets in our, in our sport, but it's also been humbled. Um, and, and you feel that you do. There's, there's, uh, some things that, um, the program needed to do, uh, from a, from a resource standpoint, from facility standpoint, uh, there there's, you know, that you've got the, like the settings, right. The, the pieces are there, but you've got to, you know, you've got to continue to update, and you've got to continue to adapt with the things that are changing in college football. And I think, I think there's a sense of—I I know I had this—with with all that is changing in college football right now, like like no place, there's no university in my opinion, and no football program that could benefit more from the recent changes in college football than USC. Yeah. Uh, it's just—we all know. I mean, college football. Typically fits in the the bucket of, you know, a smaller market town, you know, very good, you know, good academics and typically up and down programs. I mean, that's typically, you know, you could probably put about 90 percent of college football programs in that kind of in that bucket. And this one's just very unique. I mean, obviously, the the elite academics here, the the huge market, um, there's just. It's, it's primed I mean I think everybody around here feels that it's it's very very primed and now there's a lot of work to be done just because the setups there doesn't mean that it's it just happens and it's you know we've had a good stretch here I think the first first six months have, have uh, you know been very very positive on a number of fronts but there's still so so much to do but the the, the things are in place to get it done and now it's now it's just work but the, but the commitment is you um, and the alignment it, you notice it right off the top like they they
0: there's a laser focus by everyone involved here to get this thing done. You can sense the urgency uh, just with everything that that you've been given and and the acceleration that it feels like the program's on to getting back to the top of college football probably sooner than later. When you think about that big market mentality, you referenced it. I, I've actually hypothesized for a while and, and you just came from Norman, Oklahoma, which is the epitome of a college town, everything about Oklahoma centers around the university Uh, i've hypothesized that it's tougher today especially in nil because guys have money it's tougher to win in big markets because of the distractions is that an unfair characterization of of trying to put forth a championship caliber program when there's so many bells and whistles at your disposal as a college athlete now
1: yeah because i mean i I think you know, and we've all been in different spots, but there's distractions everywhere. Right. I mean, there's not a college campus on the, on the country that doesn't have distractions. The reality is you've got to get the right people. Uh, mm-hmm. The reality is you've got to have guys that are that are focused enough to be able to put those distractions off to the side. Um, because, you know, with what people would say distractions, I also would look back at that and say, "Man, look at look at the opportunities. Right. Right. I mean, from a, I mean, you know for guys to be able to come out here and experience so many unique things. I mean, kind of in this journey, that's going to shape them as they get onto that next big chapter in their lives. There's, there's just so much you can do out here from an educational standpoint, from just to, just to be able to experience all, all that this place has to offer. Um, and I just think it just creates opportunities for our guys that are, you know, tough to replicate anywhere else. And, uh, so I think, um, I honestly think in a lot of ways, um, again, that I, this, this program's obviously has, has historically been great. Um, I would argue that I think there maybe hasn't been a time um, in history where maybe it was more set up to have success because of all that's changed. I, I just, I don't know, I, there, this thing has a niche here and, and, it, and it feels, I, I'm excited about what we can put in front of our guys right now um, and what we feel like we can build here
0: together. No, it's special. There's no denying that one one that issue that has plagued SC for, gosh, the better part of fifteen years. It feels like since really since Mark Sanchez really came out of out of modern day. I guess there were times Barkley, for instance, uh, of course, staying at home. But there have been so many great players from California or even from Hawaii to a certain extent where USC was a de facto, we're going to SC. It doesn't, doesn't matter. No one else even bother calling because I'm going to be a Trojan. Uh, that's changed a little bit. For instance, last year you see CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, two California kids both playing in the Big Ten and the SEC respectively. So h- how do you anticipate changing that so that there's a real sense of pride for those California kids that want to call Southern California home for their college destination?
1: Um. I think it's already changing. I mean, I think you look what, what we just signed, um, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of players out of high school. I mean, we were here, we had with about three weeks before before signing day and we signed, you know, uh, you know, that certainly the top couple of players in this state without a doubt um, and some others that we feel really good about. And then, you know, everybody can see kind of the start that we're off to in the uh, twenty three and the twenty four class. So I, I think, I think that that love, um, that that sense of, of of kind of pride for for guys in the state of California and USC has not gone anywhere. That's yeah. been my, as I've as it kind of gotten in the, into the weeds, gotten boots on the ground here, been out to 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 go visit these high schools, had had these players on campus. The the affinity for USC in this area, like that that connection, is still as strong as ever. But we've got to give them a reason to come here, and I yeah. think I think guys are are seeing that. I think coaches' families are seeing that right now. I think everybody feels the momentum. Now, obviously, we've got to go capitalize. We've got to go win. We've got to go do our jobs uh, and do the job that we were brought in here to do at a high level. But I just. I was kind of interested of what that would feel like. You know, I'd recruited this state before. I have a, a strong feelings about the, the talent in this state. I was interested what the reception would be when you're coming in with that SC logo. And yeah. <laughs> that they, there's a deep connection between this school and people in this state. And that is absolutely still there. And uh, I think so many of these great players jumping on on board with us here before we've even played a game. I think shows that, and then I think that's got a chance to, you know, grow back into to what it used to be.
0: Well, obviously, when you were at Oklahoma, and you can go into the state of Texas, you say, "I'm hey, I'm a Texan. Like I, I can go in there. I can. I'm from here. I know you guys. Like I grew up in the state. You had the, uh, uh, you know, the immediate access." to the high school coaches and the importance of those relationships and mending those relationships and creating those relationships. Is it a similar structure in California and being able to try to kind of endear yourself to guys that might initially view you as a bit of an outsider?
1: Yeah, I, I, it definitely helps that we've spent time out here. Um, you know, a lot of our, and if you look at a lot of our staff, they either have, you know, West coast ties we're from out here, have recruited out here. And so, I, I think that certainly helps. And then, and then again, I go back to the one thing with, with just about every high school coach in the state or the majority that I come that, that I come in contact with is they want SC to be great again. Yeah. And they have some of the same memories of this program that you mentioned with, with Reggie and Matt and you know Coach Carroll, all the, the, the great teams, the great history. And so I think that connection, kind of that common bond is there from the beginning. Um, and then I think they see that thing, this thing's trending in a very positive direction. So, um, no, we, there's still a lot of work to be done to build the relationships the way that we want. Uh, but I think it's off to a great start and a lot of our history here of spending time on the West coast has, has been a, uh, a kickstarter for that.
0: Well, you put together a remarkable staff, uh, should come as no surprise. Your staff at Oklahoma was amazing. A lot of those guys with you, Alex Grinch in particular, um, as you guys have, have now transitioned, to u s c do you expect the program as far as the offensive and defensive philosophy is it going to mirror what you did at Oklahoma or do you anticipate changing because the league's different than the one that you just competed in the big twelve
1: uh, there'll be there'll be pieces of both for sure um, i mean schematically i, I you know we, we've always taken pride on all sides of the ball of being on the cutting edge and being guys that innovate and can adjust um to what we're what our opponents are doing adjust to the personnel that we have so that that certainly won't change but i think we'll continue to evolve uh, and then i think too there's some there's some differences in just the the nature of the programs i mean i've you know said it many times obviously I took over a program that was doing very well Uh, At the time I took over with with uh, with Coach Stoops in in Oklahoma. So there's we certainly changed some things along the way, but there was there was probably a little bit less to change and more to just continue to try to build on and and find ways to be better. Uh, This is a different situation, obviously. And but with that, it also kind of provides a um, kind of a blank canvas, right, to like kind of start and build exactly the way that you feel is best and that we've as a staff feel is best so there, there are some advantages there i mean w- without a doubt i, I think kind of instilling the culture and 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 kind of the mentality that we believe in in some ways that there's there's the give and take right there's the the other program took over in a in better state a better culture you know all of that uh but maybe more difficult to sometimes make the changes you want to make whereas here to be able to start from the ground floor with these guys, there are some built in advantages and we've felt like we've seen some of that here in the first few months. So, um, we've enjoyed that part of it. Uh, so to answer your question, there's going to be certainly parts that were the same. We were, you know, we, we won a lot of games at OU, had a lot of success. So, you know, we're not going to just completely scrap what we're doing, but I do think there's areas that we feel like we can be better as a staff. I know there's areas I can be better as a head coach. Um, and we want to adapt to to what we feel like we can be here at here
0: at SC. Well, you're you're a perfectionist then, because uh, you say if there's ways to get better, and you're 55 to 10. You know, that's, it's that's pretty pretty rock solid. Uh, it's only uh, it's difficult to go up from even that point. But you talk about where you can be better. What, what would maybe be something that you would do differently that you did at Oklahoma that you think might actually the second time around running the program? Would there be something specific that you'd like to do differently that might help you out down the road? And and if you get access to the playoff, have obviously a remarkable chance to be very, very competitive.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot. I mean, I think relative to, to the playoff and competitiveness, I mean, I, I, I just... I I love the opportunity. I think to to build a roster that that I think can can be the nation's best here. Yeah. Uh, again, that's going to take time. We, we all we all understand that. That's not a that's not a microwave process. But I think the roster that you can build here can be as good as anybody anywhere anytime. And uh, so excited, uh, kind of for what the future looks like uh, from a roster standpoint. As far as myself, um, I think I think doing a doing a better job, um, doing a better job. And I think I've really tried to embrace this opportunity of kind of what we mentioned before, that that blank canvas um, to really build a a culture that um, that where we needed to make a lot of changes to be able to build that from the ground up. And that's that's challenged me in, in different ways. And that's been good for me. And there's it's kind of. Opened up areas, you know, when I look back on my time at Oklahoma where I could have done a better job there. I mean, without a doubt. And uh, you're always trying to push the right buttons with the team and and get the team in the the best mindset that you possibly can. And that's, uh, you know, that's always uh, there's always it's it's a it's a tight it's a tight line, right? It's a tight rope to walk. And uh, but I think I've I think being in this situation has pushed me to become better. It's exposed areas that I could have been better at OU. Um, and uh, giving me confidence that I will be better and I know I'll need to be better for for our guys here at SC.
0: Coach, you won't be taking the field with – without any familiar faces. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that came with you from Oklahoma, Kayla Williams in particular, and, and several others that have transferred in. You've been extremely active in the transfer portal. And look, I think USC sells itself. I mean, there's tough right. to die. If, if you were to ask me as a 17-year-old kid, hey, where do you want to go to school? If SC would have offered, it would have been real tough to turn down. So when you, when you think about how much you've prioritized the portal and used the portal, is this just a one year thing or do you anticipate this being a real big part of how you build your roster annually in the years to come? Uh, it's definitely going to be a part of it. I, I don't think it'll, my gut
1: is it won't be, uh, it'll, it'll kind of, Tear its way down, right? Uh, as as the roster builds and we we build some of the depth and the the talent base that we feel like we should have here. Uh, but yeah, when we came in, I mean, we had a choice to make. I mean, you have to build the roster one of two ways, and and uh, we just felt like that the high school route might potentially, if we went heavy in the high school route, it was going to probably put us in a position where we had too many guys that needed time to develop. Plus. You know, there was a lot of guys at that point. You know, high school guys are the majority are making their decision. You know, in December, and we got here. You know, basically at the beginning of December. I mean, it's just very, very difficult to do in that in that time frame. So I I, I think it was very. I didn't. I don't feel like it was a very hard decision for us to sit back and say, hey, we need to really look at this transfer portal and try to invest and try to flip this parts of this roster um, and. So that was our goal from from the beginning i mean that was we we laid out that that plan after being here for a couple of days and uh you know feel like excited about the work we've done in it uh i think it shows kind of to your point um you know you graduated several years ago you know you know sc a little bit closer at that point to to kind of the the, the wild success there's been a, a little bit of a lull here over the last several years and and i think The point being is that, yeah, the power of SC is still that appealing that a lot of the top players in the country wanted to be here. Like they kind of believed in what we were doing They before we've ever played a game. They believed in this school. They believed in the history of this place and what it can be. And it's kind of cool to see, you know, some of
0: those guys kind of share that vision so early on. Well, we couldn't be happier for you, man. We know it's going to be awesome to watch, and and we look forward to seeing you put your fingerprints on a program with whose history speaks for itself, man. Thanks again for the time. We look forward to visiting again soon. Anytime, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. What a great conversation with Coach Riley, and I'll tell you what: there's a lot to like about USC this year, and what they've added in the transfer portal. They certainly don't feel like a team that's coming off of one of their worst seasons in their history caleb williams will be coming off a freshman all-america performance at quarterback he only started seven games last year at oklahoma and there were some really great moments with him under center there were also some moments that left a little to be desired most of the kansas game being a great example of that but you gotta feel like he's poised to take a huge leap in year number two in lincoln riley's offense he leads a star-studded cast of offensive weapons that include the boletnikoff winner and Jordan Addison, Oklahoma's second leading receiver from last year in Mario Williams. Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, who transferred in from Colorado. Add that to Gary Bryant Taj Washington, and their receiver room is absolutely ridiculous, which is nothing new for USC. But I think maybe the most under-the-radar addition, as far as their offensive skill is concerned, is Travis Dye. He's a workhorse, the running back formerly of Oregon. He led Oregon in rushing and receiving last year and departs Oregon as their fifth all-time leading rusher. Couple that with really quality quarterback play and a dangerous cast at wide receiver, he might be poised for a huge season in Lincoln Riley's offense. They know they'll be able to score. They might get into several shootouts, feel really confident about that, but will they be able to stop anybody? Alex Grinch comes with Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma trying to improve... A defense that gave up nearly 32 points a game now he's been in the situation before if you look at the turnaround that he's stepped into at oklahoma and the turnaround he spent some time at ohio state too but the turnaround that he experienced at washington state was pretty dang remarkable he basically took a team that was the bottom of the barrel in almost every defensive statistical category and he made them halfway decent (laughs) He actually paid Washington State. They were at one point in the top half of almost all defensive metrics by the time Alex Grinch left Pullman. So you got to think that his style of defense, well, it's going to create a lot of disruption. He does a lot of movement. He does a lot of twists. He does a lot of stunts. And he puts a lot on the shoulders of his defenders at all three levels. It might be with some growing pains there in the early going because if the defensive line is moving to the right and the linebackers are also moving to the right, guess what that can create? It can create big holes if guys aren't all on the same page. So there might be some growing pains and you might see USC getting to some shootouts early. But in time, by the time they get to the end of the year, one would assume based on Alex Grinch's history, they'll be playing pretty solid and creating disruption along the line of scrimmage for the opposing offense i'm bullish on usc this year i think nine wins is certainly reachable those that are referencing a possible college football playoff berth uh, i got to see some improvement in the front seven defensively before i'm willing to go that far all right it's time to turn our attention and interact with our absolutely wonderful viewers and listeners let's go to our mailbag all right greg lanham in louisville could you see stanford going independent and aligning closely with notre dame I know the big buzz is around ND's next move, if there is one, but they can let the chips fall where they want. Do you think Stanford would be in lockstep? Thanks. Looking forward to more episodes. It's a great question. I mean, Stanford is undoubtedly... One of the best athletic departments in the country. If you do a little due diligence on the well-roundedness of Stanford's programs, in the 28-year history of the Director's Cup, which is awarded annually to the nation's best athletic department, Stanford's won it 25 times. That's right, 25 times out of 28. Now, Texas won the last two, and North Carolina, they won the inaugural Director's Cup back in 1993-1994 school year. Stanford's won it every other year. A 25-year run was broken by Texas two years ago. The athletic department is phenomenal. as good as it gets. But unfortunately for Stanford, these moves are almost exclusively about what the university brings in football. Now, I'm sure basketball is taken into account. I'm sure some of the Olympic sports are taken into account. And the academic prestige with Stanford is second to almost no one. But if Notre Dame will allow... Stanford to join them in lockstep, and Stanford would do backflips in an effort to celebrate the invitation. But one has to wonder, why do Notre Dame and Stanford play every year? I've always thought it was because Notre Dame wanted to at least have one game a year on the West Coast. Now, we know that USC accounts for a game on the West Coast every other year. Well, guess what? Stanford serves as that exact same model. So it guarantees a West Coast trip for the Fighting Irish annually. So to sum it up, yes, Stanford 100% would be on board with an invitation to latch themselves to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But I'd be shocked if Notre Dame were willing to align themselves with the Cardinal. Thanks so much for being with us on Always College Football. Please like, rate, and subscribe. And we're open to feedback, too. Give us some feedback. Email us at alwayscollegefootball.com at gmail.com and check us out on Twitter at always CFB. That'll do it for Mark Kubiak. I'm Greg McElroy. Remember, enjoy it out there. And it's always college football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching. Always college football. Make sure you like rate and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.